0: It's time to take care of our people, to rebuild our nation. Great.
1: If you could stop trying to get it blown up then, that would be appreciated, sir.
2: Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. Just saying. I got the feeling
1: there's something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. To the left of me, Jokers to the right
2: Here I am Stuck in the middle with you Yeah Yes, I'm stuck in From the middle From
1: Pacifica Radio you. in Los Angeles This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM, FM, FM in LA In Oregon on 91.7 KYAQ on the Central Coast 106.7 KSO in Cottage Grove in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 WLRI, in Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1, in Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM WLPP, in Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR, in New Orleans on 102.3 WHIV. In Washington, D.C. on 105.5 FM and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day on the internets. You can hear us on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Deprogrammed Radio, Detour Talk, and Radio Sputnik, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Good to have you with us. It was a special election day on Tuesday in a number of states around these United States. Details on that in a moment with some encouraging news for well, for Democrats some bad news in those results for Donald Trump and frankly some discouraging news for the U.S. Senate and the nation itself along with it well, so. that
2: sounds rather dramatic, De-
1: doesn't it? Though. <laughs> yes. So uh, a lot, all that drama is ahead. But first, it's this drama. But drama these I days, know. Frankly. Tell me about it. That, of course, is Desi Doyan, our producer. Speaking of drama, hello, Des. Hello. Uh, but first, uh, very quickly, uh, in hopes of uh, doing whatever small part that we can here in staving off even more war for this country. This time with Iran. I want to flag this story before it gets too lost amidst the nuclear flames that we're now still fanning with North Korea, uh, Trump's national anthem nonsense and everything else that seems to distract the nation these days from some of the some of the most important issues. The chairman of the U.S. military's Joint Chiefs of Staff on Tuesday joined other members of President Donald Trump's cabinet in confirming that Iran is complying with the 2015 nuclear deal that has put a halt to Iran's nuclear weapons program. According to Paul McCleary of the uh, news site Foreign Policy, General Joe Dunford, in answers to questions in advance of his uh, hearing before the Senate Armed Services Committee, Wrote, the briefings I have received indicate that Iran is adhering to its JCPOA obligations. That's the acronym for the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. That's the deal struck with Iran and six other nations, including the U.S., China, Russia, France, Germany and the U.K. Back in 2015, under President Obama, after years of negotiation between all of those countries and Dunford, in his written testimony, warned that the U.S. action Uh, To pull out of the deal with Iran would have unfortunate ripple effects, he said. That if the U.S. were to withdraw without first finding Iran in material breach of the deal, allies would likely question other American treaty obligations. Man, Desi, I ought to be the uh, joint uh, chiefs of staff here, uh, guy. Because he's Uh, repeating what you've been saying. Yeah, I've been warning. And here, Dunford suggested North Korea for its part, would have little incentive to enter into talks over its own nuclear program if Washington were to tear up the agreement with Iran, which, by all accounts, Iran is adhering to, said Dunford. He wrote, It makes sense to me that our holding up agreements that we have signed, unless there's a material breach, would have an impact on others' willingness to sign agreements. Dunford followed, Secretary of State uh, Rex Tillerson, who last week said that Iran remains in compliance with the deal. I feel like I have to keep repeating this over and over again because Lord only knows what Donald Trump will decide to do any day on Twitter, announcing that, oh, we're pulling out of Iran uh, the deal with Iran or Lord knows. So I just want to reiterate that everyone in Donald Trump's own administration, including his uh, uh, the, the, the military's Joint Chiefs of Staff, have said that, yes, Iran is complying with this nuclear deal. Trump is now staring at down a, uh, an October 15 deadline to inform Congress once again whether reman- uh, Iran remains in compliance with the 2015 accord. Since taking office, Trump has twice recertified that deal. But if he now uh, decides to declare that Iran is breaching the agreement, all of a sudden, Congress would then have 60 days to decide whether to reimpose sanctions on Iran. The other countries that signed the nuclear deal also want it to continue. The uh, European ambassadors on Monday reiterated their support for keeping the deal as it is in uh, in in fact, even in Congress, foreign policy notes, uh, even if they unilaterally reimpose sanctions on the Iranian oil sector, many experts agree that it would be hard to choke off the uh, Iranian oil exports because other nations in the accord are unlikely to go along with the United States on this. Rather than antagonizing the countries that worked on the deal, Dunford suggested in his remarks getting them to help tackle other Iranian challenges. But Donald Trump now seems desperate to find a reason, any reason, even a fake one, to somehow declare Iran in non compliance with this agreement, going so far as to tweet out actual fake news about Iran and an Iranian missile launch over the weekend. On Saturday, Trump blasted Iran in a tweet that uh, renewed criticism of the 2015 deal, announcing In this tweet, quote, Iran just test fired a ballistic missile capable of reaching Israel. They are also working with North Korea. Not much of an agreement we have, the president of the United States tweeted on Saturday. But as it turns out, there was no such Iranian ballistic missile launch at all. None. It was, in fact, fake news. Iran's top diplomat scolded President Trump today for that tweet about a non-existent Iranian missile launch and essentially ruled out renegotiating or, uh, or launching follow-up talks to that landmark nuclear accord that Trump is now threatening to dismantle. Foreign Minister Mohammad J- Javed Zarif said in an interview with the AP that we need to check our facts before we make statements. He's talking to him like he's a child, like he's in kindergarten. We need to check our facts before we make statements. He said, it worries me that people play with facts and produce alternative facts, which is exactly what the president of the United States tweeted out over the weekend. It's unclear where he got that information from, but apparently it did not come from U.S. intelligence agencies as president of course he knows he's president right he's he's clear on this he he knows he has access to the us intelligence agencies i think he could have checked with the cia or the nsa or other intelligence agencies to verify whether in fact iran had actually test fired a missile but apparently he didn't bother before trying to start yet another conflict with yet another heavily armed nation just wanted to flag that for now because it seems to be kind of important, uh, you know. And the fact that you've got, uh, his, you know, the own his own head of the military essentially saying the same thing, and all of his cabinet members saying the same thing. So I wanted to flag that it seems kind of important. Also, seeming kind of important. Um, well, it was election day in several states on Tuesday. Elections always being important and. Uh, There was some, uh, as I said, some some good news, some disturbing news. Uh, Let's start out with the good news for Democrats. Democrats picked up another Republican-held seat, this time in Florida's state Senate on Tuesday night. That, despite the fact that uh, Florida Democrats had requested that Governor Rick Scott postpone the election by two weeks in light of the effects of Hurricane Irma, which uh, many parts of Florida are still wrestling with. We forget about it because uh, a lot of us, anyway, are focusing on, where are we? Hurricane Maria at this point Yes, this, this time, point time we're on Puerto Hurricane Rico. Maria
2: and the uh, humanitarian crisis in Puerto which, Rico. Which,
1: by the way, is still uh, spinning around out there, Hurricane Maria, and uh, causing yes. problems in uh, North Carolina Yeah, it and just other places.
2: Re- it just re-strengthened yep. into a hurricane again yep. in the Atlantic.
1: Um, in any event, uh, Democrats had asked uh, the Florida governor to postpone the election. State Senator Perry Thurston had said uh, African-American neighborhoods are disproportionately without power in Florida. He called on the governor to extend the election to ensure that every constituency has an equal opportunity to vote. and charged that refusing to extend this election while black voters are disproportionately without power would be a blatant act of voter suppression to win a special election already suffering from low voter turnout. Uh, Thurston said he was hopeful that the governor would take that opportunity to advocate for the black community and ensure that everyone vote, everyone's votes count. And you'll uh, not be surprised at all if you've uh, followed Rick Scott to learn that he declined to do so. Nonetheless, Democrats managed to win that uh, Florida state Senate seat anyway in that special election, taking the seat from a Republican. Nonetheless, by about four percentage points. At the same time, in New Hampshire, Democrats picked up yet another seat uh, from a Republican. This time, in New Hampshire state house seat in a district that went 59% to Donald Trump last November. Nonetheless, Dems picked up the seat. This one was much closer, uh, reportedly about two points uh, between the two candidates, uh, two lead candidates here, but only about 40 votes. It was two percentage points, but only about 40 votes difference in that low turnout election in a, uh, a small New Hampshire district. So yes, every vote, every vote does count.
2: And, and, it, and yeah. I want to make just a point that it counts a lot for state Senate seats where your state infrastructure and your state building codes are set. Kind of makes a difference these days as we face these disasters. State
1: Senate, state House, a local elections. It really, uh, it, really it matters. It does make a difference. So with those two victories now on Tuesday night for Democrats, it means they have now uh, flipped eight state legislative seats from Republican to Democratic Um, Since the 2016 November election, let's see, we got one in Florida, one in New York, three now in New Hampshire, and perhaps most surprisingly, three Republican seats in Oklahoma have flipped to Democrats in special elections since the November uh, uh, general. Republicans have managed at the same time to flip zero seats from Democrat to Republican. Since then, Uh, does that tell us anything about what will happen in 2018? I will leave that to you uh, to decide for the moment. What may tell us still more about what could happen in the 2018 elections happened in Alabama, Alabama on Tuesday night in um, the uh, Republican primary runoff for the U.S. Senate Uh, Senate seat once filled by Trump's Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Between incumbent Luther Strange and former Alabama Supreme Court Justice Roy Moore, Strange was backed by Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell and the NRA and the entire Republican establishment, pretty much, which spent tens of millions of dollars backing Luther Strange. He was appointed, Strange was, uh, to fill that seat by Alabama Governor Robert Bentley to fill the seat left vacant by uh, now Attorney General Sessions Governor Bentley himself was forced to resign shortly thereafter in a sex scandal, though he did his best to hang on as long as he could. Strange, at the time that he was appointed to this Alabama U.S. Senate seat, had been the state attorney general. And he was actually leading the criminal investigation at the time of Bentley until Bentley conveniently appointed Strange to fill Sessions's seat. Meanwhile, uh, Roy Moore uh, is the far right religious Alabama Supreme Court justice who was removed twice from the bench for violating the law, the Constitution, federal court orders. Moore was supported by Trump's now-fired political strategist Steve Bannon and Breitbart and Sean Hannity of Fox News. The Advancement Project describes Moore as, quote, openly racist, homophobic, and misogynistic. The advocate uh, notes that as chief justice of the Alabama Supreme Court, Moore fought to keep marriage equality from coming to the state, even going so far as to say that Alabama officials were not bound by the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling for Nationwide Marriage Equality back in 2015. He was removed from the court for uh, ethics violations related to that. That was the second time that Roy Moore was removed from the Alabama bench uh, for uh, basically religious activism from the bench and putting that above the Constitution and the rule of law. Uh, video has uh, surfaced of him uh, at a February event in which he said that the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001, may have happened because the U.S. had turned away from God and taken steps to, quote, legitimize sodomy. That's the kind of guy Roy Moore is. So despite uh, being supported by Trump, um, who is still very popular in Alabama, Luther Strange uh, reportedly lost to Roy Moore on Tuesday night by a big, big margin. Moore has been declared the winner there in alabama by almost 10 points over strange in the republican runoff so even in alabama they may 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 be turning away from trump somewhat maybe trump of course is trying to make all of this go away uh he must be tired of all of this winning he deleted several tweets endorsing luther strange just after Strange was uh, declared the loser in that race, because, you know, if you delete tweets, they never actually happened. Thankfully, those uh, tweets, those deleted tweets are tracked by ProPublica. And the tweets that uh, Trump deleted uh, were, you know, stuff like uh, big election tomorrow in the great state of Alabama. Vote for Luther Strange. Tough on crime and border. will never let you down. Strange has been has been shooting up in the Alabama polls since my endorsement, said Donald Trump. Finish the job. Vote today for Big Luther. Uh, Those were all deleted. And then this one that was just after the race was called. Trump said congratulations to Roy Moore on his Republican primary win in Alabama. Luther Strange started way back and ran a good good race. Roy win in November. Now, that last one was just after Moore had won. Why did he delete that one? Well, after congratulating and urging the former Alabama justice to win in November, someone must have told uh, Donald Trump that, in fact, the general election to fill the seat in the U.S. Senate will actually take place in December, not actually in November. Um, All of this has uh, it's on December 12th is when that election will be Moore will face off against Democrat Doug Jones, a former U.S. attorney in Alabama under uh, under Bill Clinton in that uh, special uh, Senate election in December. Democrats are now suddenly wondering if they may have a shot at being competitive, even in Alabama against such a radical extremist like uh, like Roy Moore. Uh, the uh, McClatchy notes that the fact that Democrats are even considering competing in a deep red state like Alabama is a testament to the vulnerability that they see in Roy Moore. Uh, I'm dubious about that, but we will keep an eye on that. And I will note the other reason that uh, Moore was first removed from the bench back in 2003 was because he disobeyed a federal judge's order to remove a two-ton marble monument of the Ten Commandments. That he had installed in the state judicial building, um, and then that predated his removal uh, last year or back in uh, 2015 when he was defying the order or the, uh, the the U.S. Supreme Court orders concerning legalized same-sex marriage. That's disturbing for a state Supreme Court justice. Uh, It's disturbing now for a potential U.S. senator. It's also disturbing for a chaplain in the U.S. military who is out there right now ministering to those fighting to protect and defend the Constitution and its hard-won separations between church and state. But according to my guest coming up right after the break... One U.S. Air Force chaplain has been advising the exact opposite of that, the exact opposite of putting the Constitution above and beyond uh, religious beliefs. He's doing so loudly and frankly in a very disturbing way for those of us who believe that the rights defined by the U.S. Constitution actually take precedence over any religious text or bullying threats to force Americans to, you know, for example, stand while the national anthem is playing. That chaplain is hardly the only one in the U.S. military who seems dead set right now on violating the very Constitution that our military members are sworn to protect and defend, at least according to Mikey Weinstein of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. That story and the always very colorful Weinstein, I promise, is next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. (laughs) making sense of it all or at least trying to that's bradblog.com slash donate and thanks but if you close your eyes does it almost feel like nothing changed at all it does In one sense, I guess if you close your eyes and go back to the George W. Bush administration, things do feel uh, like they haven't changed in many cases, at least in the armed forces, at least when it comes to, well, this story today. Uh, Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. According to the military newspaper Stars and Stripes, late last week after initially denying an investigation, the Air Force The U.S. Air Force said last week that its inspector general's office is reviewing complaints against Air Force Reserve Chaplain Captain Sonny Hernandez, who proclaimed that Christian military service members are wrong to support the rights of other faiths to practice their religion, actions that he said will lead them to hell. On the Christian blog barbwire.com, Hernandez recently wrote that Christians in the armed forces who support the constitutional rights of people from other religions to practice their faith are wrong. As a chaplain, a military chaplain, he said he believes that he cannot subvert his religion beneath constitutional law. He wrote that if a Christian supports a person's constitutional right to an abortion, for example, they are serving Satan. In his article headlined, Christian service members avoid supporting or accommodating evil. Hernandez, according to the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, instructed service members to disobey the Constitution that they swore an oath to uphold. With, state, with statements such as, "Quote: "...counterfeit Christians in the armed forces will appeal to the Constitution and not Christ." which means they have no accountability for their souls. This is why so many professing Christian service members will say, we support everyone's right to practice their faith regardless if they worship a God different from ours because the Constitution protects this right. But, Hernandez went on to write, Christian service members who openly profess and support the rights of Muslims, Buddhists, and all other anti-Christian worldviews to practice their religions, because the language in the Constitution permits, are grossly in error and deceived. He went on to write, It is imperative the Bible-believing military chaplains align themselves with the right endorser that has sincerely held beliefs that appeal to Scripture alone and will not support or accommodate evil. In the wake of the post, the Military Religious Freedom Foundation filed a complaint against Hernandez with the Department of Defense Inspector General. The MRFF's president and founder, Mikey Weinstein, said the complaint was in addition to others that they had filed against Hernandez back in April. Air Force spokesman Colonel Patrick Ryder told Stars and Stripes, quote, I can confirm that the Air Force is reviewing IG complaints made against Chaplain Hernandez, That were referred to the Air Force Inspector General's office. At this time, he said it would be inappropriate to comment on the nature of those complaints or speculate on potential outcomes. Here now to comment on the nature of those complaints and perhaps even speculate on potential outcomes is Mikey Weinstein of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, whose uh, website accurately describes their founder and president as the undisputed leader of the national movement to restore the obliterated wall separating church and state in the most technologically lethal organization ever created by humankind, the United States Armed Forces. Mikey is a former U.S. Air Force JAG. He comes from three generations and a combined 130 years of military service including in every major combat engagement our country has been in, from World War One to the current so-called Global War on Terror. He is an attorney and U.S. Air Force Academy graduate and a registered Republican who spent three years working in and for the Ronald Reagan administration as legal counsel in the White House, that before founding the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. His 2012 book is, perhaps ironically enough, titled no snowflake in an avalanche the military religious freedom foundation it's battle to defend the constitution and one family's courageous war against religious extremism in high places mikey weinstein sir welcome back to the broadcast
0: brad thank you very much for uh, the opportunity to be here we uh love your uh, <clears throat> what you guys do and it uh it's a voice that needs to be heard more now than ever before.
1: Thank you, sir. It has been a very long time since we've uh, we've had you on the show. I'd uh, I'd hoped much of this ongoing battle had uh, ended. The battle you've been uh, fighting had had ended, perhaps with the uh, with the end of the George W. Bush administration. But I may have been wrong there. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but uh, Stars and Stripes. Uh, this report. Uh, that an Air Force Reserve spokesman initially said that Hernandez was not being investigated following your complaints. Have you been able to confirm that, in fact, this investigation by the military is actually underway?
0: Yes, we have. Uh, We've actually, and and you're quite right, uh, Sonny Hernandez came out on our radar as a result of many complaints from Air Force members, civilians, officers, and enlisted at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, about two and a half years ago. I wrote a column for the Huffington Post about this Anti-Semitic, homophobic, misogynistic—you um, know—constitution-hating, uh, um, um, you know, individual. Mm-hmm. And uh, we—they it, it culminated in an initial complaint that we filed on April seventeenth of this year. We have supplemented that several times. The complaint was not made to the Air Force IG because we don't really view them as a as a watchdog group. They're more of a lapdog for the commanders. So we wanted to go to their bosses, which is at the DOD, the Department of Defense level. So we went to the DOD IG. And we we were, uh, it was our belief that they were the ones that were investigating. Yeah. Uh, when this story went viral, uh, based on uh, just, uh, you know, we, we we broke it with, uh, first, our senior research director, Chris Rada, wrote for, in her column on the Huffington Post and Daily Coast, and then it was picked up by Newsweek, and then it went, uh, um, you know, viral. Nina Burley wrote a great column for Newsweek. Mm-hmm. And um, we, you know, at this point, uh, it got, we've, we eventually got a message after the Air Force came out initially claiming that... <laughs> a spokesman for Air Force Reserve Command, where Sonny Hernandez is actually assigned, stated that he did nothing wrong. He's fine. He was simply stating a theological position, which you uh, know, I'm being kind when I say that it was absurd to say something like that. It's it's actually uh, you know, it's it's fatally uh, you know, that's a, a you know, a kill shot to the head with regard to stupidity by the Air Force or willful ignorance. Uh, they also stated he wasn't being investigated. Well, that wasn't true because we had all the documents with the Department of Defense Inspector General. They've been communicating with our our lawyers in New York. And then we got a message after hours late last week from the DOD IG saying that they had been um, sending this on to the Air Force IG. And then, presumptively, after the Air Force Inspector General makes a decision after investigating, which they are still doing, we're into our sixth mm-hmm. month now, um, uh, they will give their results back to the Department of Defense IG for either rejection approval or reinvestigation so we don't know what's going to happen we know that it's been opened up now we're now in the sixth month with this individual and what he has done is such a uh, flagrant and blatant violation of uh, you know of, of not just re- the regulat- regulatory structure in the department of defense but clearly the uh, uh you know the the first amendment separation of church and state and the sec clause 3 article 6 the no you know the no uh, religious test mandate uh, in the constitution but the problem is, is that we're dealing with a military that is inextricably intertwined with what's known as fundamentalist Christian dominionism, uh, which is a, uh, an attempt to try to replace our democracy with this weaponized version, Brad, of uh, Christianity known as dominion. If anyone's listening, Google dominion Christianity, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so they don't want to they don't want to do anything bad to anybody that we're <laughs> going to single out, and you know we represent uh, just almost fifty two thousand active duty and veteran reserve and guard members of the military Uh, about a thousand of them are lgbtq we have a dozen transgender clients and we represent a little bit in excess of 18 percent of all muslim americans in the u.s. military however about 96 percent of those 52,000 clients of ours are practicing protestants and roman catholics that have come to us for help because they're being oppressed and they're being marginalized and hurt and humiliated and denigrated uh, because they are not Christian enough. And if uh, based on what uh, Captain Chaplin Sonny Hernandez it says, as you, as you can see, I mean, there's about somewhere between 36 to 41,000 different distinct denominations of Christianity alone out there. But apparently uh, Sonny Hernandez uh, uh, views his as being the best. And so there is no 31 flavors or 31,000 flavors. There's just Sonny's flavor. And uh, what he's doing, uh, you know, we've laid out with our, with our lawyers to the, uh, the inspector general at DOD. Apparently they sent that to the Air Force chapter and verse of all the case law, uh, the Supreme Court case law, uh, the regulatory structure, the directives, instructions, and regulations of the Pentagon, and um, uh, ultimately, I think what will happen is the Air Force is going to promote Sonny Hernández from Captain to Major. Mark my promote? words, let's see. I mean, I, I literally cannot believe that they'll do it. They'll touch a hair on his head, although we believe he should be administratively discharged, and if possible, court-martialed.
1: That's, uh, y- your, your prediction is distressing, but let me ask you, uh, and I want to get into some of these uh, some of those points you're making, but w- w- why, uh, you mentioned that uh, you, your original complaint was to the Department of Defense, not to the right. Air Force, uh, and they've uh, pushed it off, I right. guess, to the Air Force. Uh, do you feel? Do you have any idea why they did that, and do you feel that the Air Force will be able to adequately probe this matter versus the, versus the Pentagon here?
0: Well, we never expect anybody at DOD to ever do the right thing. The chief of staff of the Air Force is a, a four-star general named Goldfein, He's ethnically Jewish. I don't know if he practices or not, and I, and I don't care. I'm Jewish, but I'm not that religious. But the Judge Advocate General of the Air Force is a, a three-star general named Christopher Burney, uh, who is either a, an evangelical fundamentalist Christian himself or a sympathizer. He's the worst, uh, they call, use the term TJAG, that we've ever had. And he has a tremendous amount of sway over what happens there. So we certainly didn't trust the Air Force to do this at all. We've, you know, we've been fighting this fight. We're technically in our 14th year doing this now. And, um, you know, there was no way that we were going to trust the Air Force, so we were hoping that uh, if we went above, you know, if we went to their bosses mm-hmm. at, you know, at the Department of Defense, that um, their good offices might, uh, you know, uh, might look at this from a perspective of actual law, and uh, uh, as opposed to trying to find a way to make two plus two equal mm-hmm. five and let yet another fundamentalist Christian off the hook, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, very rarely have they ever, ever punished anybody in all the years we've been doing this, and um, it's in this case when you, when you when you write in on a Christian nationalist blog like Barbwire Wire, mm-hmm. and you're a reserve officer, which means you know when when you're not, you're still an officer. It doesn't make any difference that you're a reserve officer. We provided special uh, legal memoranda to to the Department IG, and apparently they shot it over to the Air Force IG right on point. Here, our lawyer's a former JAG, just like I am. And um, uh, we made it very clear that you know when, when you're writing a column telling military people, you better not be showing respect to people that don't don't uh, follow you know uh, you know my particular version of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you try to try to argue that the reason you have to show respect is because of this silly thing called the Constitution, you're not only erroneous, but you are serving the dark evil one, Mephistopheles, <laughs> Satan. Now, as I said, th- uh, imagine if Sonny Hernandez had decided to state that it was his the Theor- you know, theoretical theological position that Donald Trump actually, under that orange hair, had three sixes there, and that he was the Antichrist. Yeah, you know, do you really think that that'd be any way that he'd be allowed to say that? He wouldn't be behind bars immediately. But if you're going to try to sit there, <laughs> try to sit there, make the comment, make this statement, and you're writing it to the military right. community, uh, it is it is beyond unconscionable. It is, um, it's, it, from our perspective, actionable uh, both um, from an administrative discharge perspective. And we believe that he's committed crimes, ah. that he has committed crimes under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Ah. Uh, and uh, uh, so we fully expect the Air Force Inspector General uh, will, be, uh, will do whatever they can uh, to exonerate him. And then they're going to kick that upstairs and expect that to be uh, validated uh, and, and with the stamp of approval from the DOD IG. And, and. and uh, I can tell you that we work with a lot of uh, folks in the Pentagon all the time. If they are at the senior military or senior civilian career level... We are just fine. They they appreciate what we do. They know that we're very aggressive and militant, but that our militancy and aggression, Brad, is in support of the Constitution. But if we get to what's called the Schedule C political appointee level, it's Trump's Pentagon. It's Trump's government. Well,
1: let me ask you about this, because I think a lot of people, you know, with all of this uh, this national anthem uh, controversy and nonsense of late where you've got people, including the President of the United States, seemingly confusing you know the anthem and the flag with the actual values uh, of the constitution which both the president and the military are sworn to uphold first and foremost I'm troubled that anybody who serves in the military in any way, including the commander of chief here, seems to be confused about what the first part of their duty is. Now, uh, Hernandez uh, or Trump can have any beliefs that they like, and um, we we can talk about how they may or may not express them. But just to be clear, uh, with your military background, members of the military are not sworn to protect the, the national anthem. They're not pr- sworn to protect the flag. They're actually, if I understand it, sworn to protect the Constitution itself. And uh, the rule of law is spelled out by that Constitution. Am I correct on that?
0: You are completely correct. The only oath is to, to, is to protect and to defend the Constitution of the United States. And I've told people over and over again since Trump started this feud with the NFL that our brave members of the military you know, sacrificed their limbs and their life uh, their heart, their soul, their blood, their you know, their 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 uh, their, their tears, mm-hmm. not so that you are going to be forced to stand for the national anthem, but that you have a choice as to whether you want to or not. That's the beauty of this country: that no one should be compelled to do that. And uh, in this instance, you know, it's it's. Uh, remember, we're dealing with the military. There was a. I wrote an op-ed on this a couple of weeks ago. An, an astounding percentage of American voters cannot name one of the three branches of government and believe that if you're a Muslim or atheist, you don't have any constitutional rights compared to that of a Christian. Uh, in, the, the, in this country, it is literally... There's a great quote from H.G. Wells that says that, uh, Brad, civilization, civilization, Brad, is a constant race between education and catastrophe. Mm. And catastrophe is winning, my friend. Let me tell you that. And, and in, this, in the military, uh, as I said before... Uh, the uh, I guess I, I guess what what uh, Chaplain Hernandez and fundamentalist Christians everywhere, including this the, the, the idiot who's currently what well, well, I refer to him as the Caligula in chief, don't understand apparently <laughs> because it's willful ignorance. Is that remember what is the first commandment in the in the Judeo Christian Bible? You can have no other gods before me. And what does our first amendment say in the Constitution? Oh, yes, you can. Mm. This country is not a Christian nation any more than we are a satanic nation, a Jewish nation, or an atheistic nation. All faiths and no faiths are equally welcome. The case law goes back for generations on this one.
1: And, then and, uh,
0: and so uh, in this instance, we, we have a, a United States Air Force officer uh, on a public forum, on a Christian nationalist website, uh, 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 dictatorially, you know, uh, and, uh, you know in, in a state of unbelievably pathetic pedagogy, telling members of the military you better not be showing respect to anyone that isn't the right type of christian and don't give me that excuse about that constitution stuff because if you're not going to elevate that constitution over my particular version of the gospel of jesus christ you are not only wrong you are dead wrong and you are serving satan
1: and and now, that that refers to i mean obviously you know i think it's very clear you you understand and you think it's very clear when it comes to the constitution itself but uh, and and the need uh the, the sworn oath to protect and defend that first and above all but how do military chaplaincies work aren't they aren't they required to serve as counselors for Essentially, all service members of all religions. Yeah,
0: absolutely. There are three P yeah. pluralism. They have to be able to work, and there's nothing more diverse than the U.S. military. A pluralistic environment. They're they're told to either um, perform or provide. They will perform religious services or other types of services for all members of the military. And if they can't do them because of, of their own you know particular religious views, I mean, you can't force a rabbi to sh- you know an Orthodox rabbi in the military chaplain to you know to share a a, a ham you know, a, a ham sandwich with a member of the military. So it's perform or provide. They either perform the services or they provide someone else who can do it. That is not what this, um, this uh, monstrosity, this human monstrosity, who's some sort of a subspecies, all of his own, this dominionist Christian maniac, you know, Air Force chaplain Captain Funny Hernandez is saying. Uh, it's, it's not perform or provide. It's, it's my way or the highway. His version, of, for instance, of John fourteen six where uh, Jesus says, I'm the only way, truth, and light, and nobody gets to Daddy, who, by the way, is also me, uh, except through me. You know, and that's fine. We, I remember mean, most of our clients are Christians. Half my family are Christians. You know, um, that, that's not the point. I mean, but we have a staff of over 360 people here at the Foundation. Many of them are full-time volunteers, and it's got to be way over 80% are practicing Christians. We don't care about anyone's theology. If you want to worship Spider-Man or Supergirl, that's fine. All we care about is the time... Place and manner in which you feel you need to deploy your faith or lack thereof.
1: Now, doesn't and, he and, have. And
0: that's what's being viciously, Brad, viciously violated here. And the fact that it's taken the U.S. Air Force and the Pentagon this long, we're in the sixth month of investigating it. He also made statements that there's no such thing as transgenderism. And when you find fundamentals Christianity, there are certain stenches that go along with it. I live in New Mexico, and it's, it's like walking into a, an arroyo, a, a ditch filled with the, you know, the rotting corpses of 10,000 swine as it assaults your <laughs> nostrils. It's unbelievably um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, bubbling, <laughs> hissing, um, homophobia, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, and misogyny. And then there's the fifth one, the hatred of the U.S. Constitution. That has to be horribly but significantly, massively subordinated to this, again, I call it the weaponized gospel of Jesus Christ. So I might add that our, our largest endorse, endorsing organization is, a, is a, the California Council of Churches Impact Group, which has over 5,500 Protestant churches and nearly two million Protestants in the state of California. It, so this, 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 this is about uh, and remember, that, uh, Hernandez focuses most of his wrath. He, he's extremely anti-Catholic, uh, and he focuses on, on those Christians. Uh, that uh, that even go to base services. He doesn't believe members of the military should go to base chaplains. They should have a quote home church in the civilian community near where they're located. Now, how
1: but does somebody that, like that, Mikey, become a chaplain?
0: Because they love him, Brad. Our U.S. military is inextricably intertwined with this this vicious version. Look, Hitler had something like seven point nine percent in his National Socialist movement. Stalin had like two point eight, two point nine percent in his movement. We have determined that. Somewhere between the high 20s to low 30 percentage of, of, of military superiors, enlisted and officers, qualify as fundamentalist Christians, meaning that they believe that uh, that they are completely unrestricted as to time, place, and manner in propagating the Great Commission of Mark 16:15 or mat and Matthew 28:19. One of the last things Jesus is supposed to have said to his disciples, which is, "Go and make disciples of all nations." That they cannot be restricted by time, place, or manner. And we're saying you cannot scream. Jesus in a crowded theater, uh, and it's and it's it, it's not that they don't understand it; it's willful ignorance. They understand it very well. It, and by the way, it's not just Hernandez. There are tens of thousands of Hernandezes out there. There, there. These people post every night on blogs that are seen everywhere. It was bad on, even under Obama. We knew that Obama's heart was in the right place. He it was a constitutional. He taught constitutional law at the University of Chicago, and it, so uh, and it was it was you know we started this fight <clears throat> on February fourth, two thousand four. And that was the day that The the Passion of the Christ came out. I'm sure you remember that movie. I do, yeah. uh, Produced by uh, our our good friend Mel Gibson. Right. Yeah. I got into this because I had four kids at the U.S. Air Force Academy at the time. And they were telling me, which is where I graduated from as well, um, they were telling me how they were being uh, bombarded and almost forced to go see this movie. Now, I refer to the movie, by the way, as the Jesus Chainsaw Massacre or Freddy versus Jesus. I saw the movie. <laughs> you know, by the end of the movie, I mean, I was ready to stand up and say, stop beating him, I'll, I'll convert, stop! <laughs> you know, it was more like a snuff film. It, it tremendously deviated from the Gospels, but that's beside the point. We realize that, that again, look, if you're look. even being gently evangelized by your military superior, right. get the hell out of my face, sir or ma'am, Brad, is not an option for you well let me your military superior is not your shift manager at Starbucks and KFC well a very different situation
1: let me ask you this he has uh, well the the Air Force seems to be uh, claiming uh, at least in this uh, report by uh, Stars and Stripes that uh, the Air Force uh, Reserve spokesman said Hernandez was expressing his own views not those of the Air Force he has a freedom to express his own faith uh, and that's an an essential protection of the military now Now, setting aside the particular views that he has, whether you feel feel they're odious or not, uh, and I do as well, but doesn't he have the right to express that this was not, as I understand it, not in uniform? It was on some uh, private website, this barbwire.com or something. No, no,
0: let me explain this to your audience. It's very important. Good. One of the most conservative chief justices in the history of the U.S. Supreme Court was William Rehnquist. Remember him? Oh, Dead yeah. now, but yeah, and he wrote an opinion in 1974 in a seminal case that to this very day is great law. Parker versus Levy. You can check it out. Mm-hmm. And it was a six to two decision. Somebody abstained or wasn't around to vote, but it didn't matter. It was six to two, and this involved a, um, a an army captain named, named Levy, uh, who uh, felt he had a First Amendment right to warn soldiers, particularly black soldiers, not to join the army and fight against the Viet Cong and the NVA in Vietnam, you know, because it was an illegal war. Mm -hmm. He felt it, hey, I have a First Amendment right, it doesn't matter if I'm in the military. Went all the way to the Supreme Court, and guess what, Judge Rehnquist, again, and this is an incredibly conservative judge, he wrote back saying, no, you don't. It's a very different kettle of fish, because when we look at the compelling governmental interest for First Amendment rights in the military, it isn't what Brad gets and what Mikey gets. Uh, there we want all private citizens to have the full amount they can. By the way, that includes if you're a tight end, running back, or any member of a National Football League team. That's different. The compelling governmental interest is we want you to have as much flexibility as possible to enjoy your wonderful rights that are enumerated in the First, in the first Amendment, the first of which, of course, are your religious rights. Now, in the military, the compelling governmental, and governmental interest was very different. The sinew, the blood, the veins, the arteries, the organs, um, uh, the bones of the military are good order, morale, discipline, um, uh, unit cohesion, safe and the the health and safety of the troops, mission readiness, military accomplishment. Those things, in order to be maximized, there has to be a sacrifice for First Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if you wear the uniform, including as a reserve officer, your First Amendment rights are going to be tremendously truncated. For instance, did you know that in the military... Having sexual intercourse with someone other than your spouse can be punishable as a felony.
2: Yeah. You didn't
0: know that? If you work for IBM or Costco and you and you're having, you know, but you're blanking somebody else not your spouse, <laughs> there's not much they can do about that. But in the military, that is absolutely antithetical S- to good order and morale and discipline. So we even- want our military to become as lethal as possible in order Brad. To protect the full panoply of constitutional rights for the rest of us. So he, even so,
1: even as a chaplain, even as a, a, yes. a, a, a in the reserve, he's not even working uh, w- with the military every right. day. He's still uh, throughout his life, even when he's not on the base, even when he's not on the uniform, he must uphold. You, as are, you see you're a certain, commissioned
0: officer, yeah. you, unless you are uh, jailed for violate for uh, mm-hmm. convicted in a court martial. Uh, you resign, or you are administratively separated, whether you're active duty or reserve. Then it may be a little different for the guard, but this is. But I'm, I mean, he's not in the guard; he's in the reserves. You are a commissioned officer, and you can't sit there and say, "Look at me. Um, you know, I've got. I'm wearing civilian clothes. It's on my own time. Everything's fine here." And particularly when he don't forget it, he's directing this uh, this this uh, uh, this uh, screed to members of the military. It's directly directly yeah. directed to his charges, the people he's supposed to be helping in a pluralistic environment to either perform religious support or to provide others who can do that
1: Mikey Weinstein, I've got just a, a minute or two here. I want to get in a couple of very quick uh, thoughts from you. Uh, you. You mentioned that uh, Obama, his heart you feel was in the right place, but that the problem continued uh, when you guys started, uh, when the Military Freedom Foundation uh, began under George W. Bush, that the problem and the uh, w- with the lack of separation between church and state in the military that continued through Obama and now up to now, did it change in any way under Obama? Whether his heart was in the right place or not? Was there any uh, positive direction that you now see moving back into the other direction once again under Donald Trump?
0: Oh, absolutely! I mean, where do I start? I mean, Obama got rid of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Obama made, made uh, being a, a, someone who's born transgender that that was perfectly fine to serve. I mean, the old statement that you didn't have to shoot, you didn't have to be straight, you just had to be able to shoot straight to be a member of the military. Uh, we definitely saw a, a, a tremendous desire to listen. To what we were saying, we had many more um, ears uh, that were open to us during the time that he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we had a number of things that still didn't go right, but I can tell you that since the Republican convention last year, when it was, big, it was clear that uh, Trump uh, was going to be the nominee, um, uh, we started seeing the floodgates open on November, on November 8th of last year. It exploded mm-hmm. January 20th, or whatever it was, January 21 well, I think it was the 20th was the inauguration, day, yep. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. We have seen almost an exact doubling of our client load. Uh, it's been an enormous people, a number of people running to us. And I can tell you again, and, and, and Newsweek did a story about this called the Trump effect, which led off with, with what we're seeing out here, is that it's, it's as if uh, an unbridled, it's Katie bar the door, an unbridled magnitude of hate directed towards the other. I mean, you are safest if you're a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant male straight over the age of 40. You're good to go. You're good to go. Mm. I, 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 every night and every day and every way we see it more and more and more is being validated. And, but not just that we saw it back in 2004, but nothing, nothing like the last eight months.
1: Really? It's, it's worse now than it even was under George W. Bush, as far as you're concerned?
0: Oh, I, I never thought I'd say this, so right now you probably can't hear me because of the sounds of hell freezing over. I would take George W. Bush back in a heartbeat. I miss him. I wish Jeb was president. I haven't voted for a Republican for, 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 you know, even though I'm a registered Republican, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, since uh, I voted years ago for the current Secretary of the Air Force, Heather Wilson, who's another opportunistic, um, you know, coward who would do nothing to stand up at, at all. I mean, both, I had two of my kids that worked for her when she she was our congresswoman out here we raised a lot of money for her she's an academy air force academy graduate and she's about as worthless as opportunistic as you can possibly imagine and, and-
1: and just to remind people, uh, you worked for Ronald Reagan for three years yes. as legal yes. counsel in the White House. So you're yes. not, uh, you know, some lefty tree hugger like me, Mikey Weinstein, coming out here and, <laughs> and making these shots. Uh, very quickly, how how uh, you already mentioned that you think uh, Hernandez is actually going to be promoted here. But uh, so we'll take that as your prediction and we'll see. But how long do you have any sense? Of how long this investigation, if it's actually going on, how long it will take, uh, and what legally and militarily would be the potential outcomes or actions uh, from a probe like this? This well, is again, is this a no dischargeable, dischargeable they offense? They
0: allegedly have been investigating. I say allegedly, yeah. probably with a small a, uh, from, since you know since April seventeenth. So you can do the math. It's been we're into our sixth month now, about five and a half months. Uh, we have no way. We we'd never expect mm. the Air Force to to do the right thing. Uh, we were hoping that DOD would do something. In this case, they are the bosses. So whatever Air Force comes up with is either going to have to be stamped with approval by the DOD people, IG people, or, or, or anybody else who's there, or it's going to be rejected, or they're going to be told to, 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 to do more investigation. I don't know how much more needs to be done here. Our lawyers have laid it out, chapter and verse, page after page, every regulation, every key military court decision, a civilian court decision you know with the entire spectrum of federal court decisions and uh so i i it, if it follows suit uh, you saw what happened last week when they tried to say he was merely stating a theological position as i said before can you imagine if a uh, if a muslim made a statement about uh, how all members of the military should reject any view other than his salafist or wahhabist view which is the extreme aspect of of islam um, uh, of, 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 of 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 you know mm-hmm. of of the Islamic faith, mm-hmm. and if you did that, uh, if you failed to do that, you are you know you are serving Satan. There would be blood in the streets if that was done, Mikey. So that, I, that's I, the problem.
1: Yeah, that is the problem, and uh, I gotta say, Mikey Weinstein, I have been uh, you know folks tend to thank people in the military for their service and veterans, uh, which I do as well. But after following your work at the Military Religious Freedom Foundation for uh... at least a decade now uh, i i want to thank you for your service there as well because you have been consistently and doggedly staying on this issue for so many years it's very important it is greatly appreciated so on behalf of someone who never served at all uh... but greatly appreciates our constitution and uh, and those both in uniform and out who fight to protect it uh... i just want to say thank you for that mikey and i'll point folks to your uh, website, the uh, org That's uh, Military Religious Freedom Foundation, where you can get more information on this particular case. And you should follow Mikey Weinstein on the Twitters as well, at Mikey Weinstein. Uh, Mikey, great to have you here. We'll try to not make it so many years uh, until we have you back again, my friend.
0: Thank you, Brad. Don't stop doing what you're doing.
1: Thank you, brother. Okay, we're running late, so very quick break, and we're back with our uh, closing thoughts. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. <laughs>
2: Woo! <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yes from he's, that conversation. Uh, he's very colorful. Yeah,
1: you think? Uh, my thanks again to Mikey Weinstein. Uh, welcome back to the broadcast Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. It is very disappointing to hear him uh, uh, suggest that once again that things are uh, that things are worse than they were under the, uh, under George W. Bush right now in the military with with Donald Trump here. Um, And I don't think that's getting much coverage right now with everything else that's going on. So I'm glad we were able to bring him out. Uh, Speaking of, you know, rights and freedoms and so forth, very quickly here, Attorney General Jeff Sessions gave a speech about free speech at Georgetown University earlier this week. And uh, according to a statement from the Georgetown Law American Constitution Society, Ironically enough, 130 Georgetown University law students were uninvited from that speech. Uh, Law students who had signed up, who had gone to the website, uh, went to the lottery page uh, to sign up for seats, um, and uh, got the tickets, were told that they had the tickets, and they were then uninvited. The president of the Constitution Society... At Georgetown Law said it's extraordinary hypocritical that A.G. Sessions wants to lecture future attorneys about the importance of free speech on campus while excluding the wider student body from his very own safe space. And yes, that's what he did. He was creating a safe space. Apparently they were concerned there was uh, some of the students that were seen discussing potential protests during uh, Sessions's speech. And um, so about 130 of them received a message from the school informing them that their ticket had been revoked due to an error that they were not supposed to be allowed to sign up or something at all. Uh, The president of the Constitution Society said those students whose tickets were revoked had actually met all of the criteria that was required uh, to uh, to be at this speech but that they also happen to be involved in an online discussion somewhere about protesting the event. So
2: Can't come to listen about free speech if you want to use your free speech. Oh, the irony.
1: A lot of irony. Way too much irony of late. I could do with much less irony. Yes. Uh, all right, we got to get out. My thanks to Desi Doyen, our producer, and once again, Mikey Weinstein of MilitaryReligiousFreedomFoundation.org and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, uh, you can download it anytime for free at Bradblog.com or your favorite podcast site. My thanks to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to do what we try to do every day over your public airwaves. Freedom of speech, my. Anyway, uh, you can also drop me email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com and on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Bradblog. We'll try to open up the phones tomorrow if the radio gods are with us. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.